0: you're not guaranteed to win, and really, that's okay. This is the Dangerous Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Williams. We have a lot of words for Paul, right? Courageous. Uh, He helped to change the world. He was one of the founding fathers, if you will, of Christianity. However, if my theory is correct, he was a bit of a failure. Paul failed. Now, why would I say that? Why would I say a thing like that? Well, you see, Paul wanted to go all the way up to convert the Roman Empire. He went to Jerusalem. He went to preach the gospel boldly, but he knew when he went there that he would get arrested, and then probably eventually he was going to get executed. Maybe eventually, who knows? But but you could kind of see down the road that uh, through a story of Nero and others that Romans weren't always that friendly to to Christianity. But anyways, he knew the Jewish and Roman law well. So when he went to Jerusalem, this is towards the end of Acts, uh, he knew that if he got himself arrested, the Jews could not legally execute him. They were kind of a vassal state of the Roman Empire, and they could not legally execute someone. They could assassinate them, but that's kind of uh, off to the side. Um, they had to leave the executions to the Romans, However, there's a problem, though. The Romans didn't really care much about Jewish religious issues. So when the Jews got all irritated and angry at Paul over his thoughts on Jesus, the Jews went to the Romans and they were like, hey, can we get rid of this guy? Can we kill him? And then when the Romans heard his case, they were like, well, this is kind of a Jewish religious issue. This isn't something we can kill Paul over. Paul was going to be released. Now, this is where my theory comes into play. Paul's case was not that big of a deal. He could have gotten released and could have continued to spread the gospel throughout the world. But what did he do? Paul, towards the end of Acts, he appealed to Caesar. He wanted an audience with the, the big boss, the head honcho, why, if he was about to be released because you know the Jews couldn't do anything and the Romans didn't really care, why would you appeal to Caesar? You know, because you're a Roman citizen. That's one of the things that you could do. Um, why, why, why would you do that? And I'm going to read Acts chapter 26, verses 30 thirty two, This is after the Romans had heard his case, and then kind of the Roman leaders, uh, politicians, went amongst themselves to talk. So this is verse 30. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. After they left the room, they began to say to one another, this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, these are the political leaders, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. I up and have a high-ranking authority here is case. If my theory is correct, he wanted to present the gospel before the leaders of Rome, the kings, the Caesar, all of those people, and win the fight early. We know through history that things got real messy for Christians soon after Paul died. Uh, the Emperor Nero was a very, very wicked person. Uh, it's thought that Nero burned down the city of Rome and blamed it on Christians. Nero tur- tortured people for fun. He killed his wife. He killed his mother. He would set Christians on fire. He was not a good guy. And and so that was coming. It wasn't quite there yet with Paul. But persecution was coming through Nero and others. Paul wanted to cut off all of that. He wanted to beat them to the punch. And if he could convert the Roman Empire, he could save Christians from all of that stuff that had yet to happen. However through whatever means, we don't know because Acts doesn't have the story, it didn't work. Paul did not convert the Roman Empire. He did not convert the Caesars, the various kings of different regions. Uh, He failed, if my theory is correct, and that's why he appealed to Caesar. I think it's reasonable to think that's one of the reasons. And that's my point for today, for this podcast episode. You see, we're not guaranteed to win. We have some uh, righteous and just expectations of winning, but it doesn't always happen. The Roman Empire was not converted to Christianity till the 300s, or roughly 250 years, give or take, after Paul died. So many of the Old Testament prophets died while the nation of Israel, or when it was split Israel and Judah, uh, when they were still in rebellion against God. Take the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah preached his heart out. He suffered so much, but Jeremiah failed if you think of it a certain way. Paul failed so many Christian missionaries have died trying to reach certain people groups with the gospel you know I think of uh, Jim Elliot and others if you want to go the more secular route uh, but still for you know good causes think of soldiers in the Civil War fighting for freedom fighting for justice but if you died in the war you have no idea If your side won, if the slaves were set free, if, you know, you had won the overall war because you're dead. And then I think of our country and the Western world today. I see religious liberty fading. Uh, When it comes to natural biblical marriage, when it comes to uh, other sexual issues, a father in Canada was arrested for speaking out against transgender woke ideology. A Finnish politician was arrested for the crime of simply quoting Bible verses on the topic of marriage. More examples could be cited from Europe, particularly the UK. I see the individual human rights fading that make the open flourishing of Christianity possible. These uh, freedoms in particular, there are others, but uh, the freedom of speech and the freedom of association... When it comes to speech, a large part of our population has grown up to believe and was taught that speech is violence if that speech offends certain people or offends the people in power. Therefore, if speech is violence, speech must be curbed. What people do not realize is that under this way of thinking, the Bible will eventually be banned. It is not a friendly book to those who are queer, homosexual, or any other letter on the rainbow. It is not a friendly book to transgender activists because God made them male, and he made them female. The Bible has things to say about cross-dressing, etc., etc. And eventually, so if speech is violence the bible must go because the bible is harmful we've seen that throughout history and i think it's going to happen again in the western world one of the other important freedoms the freedom of association you know the ability to meet with people of like mind it's going to be stopped in the name of safety and to stop the spread of misinformation in canada we're seeing the the physical efforts of this and then online in this country We're seeing this as well. Uh, Now, what's misinformation? Well, really, it's defined by whoever's in power. If you're in power and you don't like something, you can label it misinformation. And so for the safety of the public, it must be stopped. This is already being tried on main social media platforms. You're you're talking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then when a side social media platform was created, uh, Parler, that was shut down as well for for a time. I think uh, it was Amazon that did that, if I remember correctly, through their uh, web servers. There will always be people like me who will fight these things till the day that we die. I'm I'm going to do that till the day I die. However, we may lose the fight. You're not guaranteed to win. We have this sense of justice and righteousness that says, oh, we have to win. But that's not always true. Taking this to a personal level, you might not win against a certain illness or chronic pain, or maybe someone hurts you deeply and you just really want them to acknowledge it. You might not win when it comes to helping a friend or trying to share the gospel with a family member. There is so much pain and suffering and you rightfully so cry out to God and you're like, God, take this away. When we pray, we tend to pray for victory. This is a good thing, We do want victory, so we might pray, Father, change the hearts in this nation. Father, save my family, heal this illness. We are told to have faith and that we should pray for these things, and that's exactly right. We should. However, in the midst of the reality that Paul faced and others faced, Our Heavenly Father does not always do things the way we want him to or when we want him to. Eventually, the Roman Empire, going back to our base lesson that I'm uh, the foundation for this podcast episode, uh, it's Paul, right? So eventually, the Roman Empire was converted. And through the Pax Romana and the influence of the Roman Empire, Christianity spread very quickly and relatively well. There were, you know, various hiccups and all that. But God does not always answer things when we want him to. Paul would have wanted the conversion of the Roman Empire to happen a couple hundred years before that. We need to add to our prayer because to pray for victory I don't think is enough. We always pray that God takes away our suffering I say that we need to pray that God gives us the strength to suffer well. Now, that's important. And uh, because it's important, I'm going to repeat it twice. We always pray that God takes away our suffering. I say that we need to pray that God gives us the strength to suffer well. Pray that God gives you the strength to keep trying every day. Pray that God helps you to suffer well in the face of evils that may never leave in this life. We must learn to suffer well, for God does not always alleviate suffering during our lifetime. I'm I'm thinking right now of of many in the, the Middle East and Asian countries and some African countries, that they cry out to God for freedom. And that's not answered oftentimes in this life. Paul was in prison. And yet if you read his letters, I'm thinking Philippians and others, they're not about how he wished he was free. He was not, all right, y'all, here's what we're going to do. Raise some money. Let's bribe some judges. Let's get me out of here. No, he prayed that he would be bold in his chains. He told his audience that he learned how to be content through the suffering, you know, Philippians chapter 4. Ultimately, we look to the future for our hope, for our victory in the midst of a lot of craziness. We look to the future that one day God will come back, Jesus will come back to reign. He will set the captive free. He will turn, you know, the weapons of war into the weapons of, not weapons, the tools to farm. You know, that's in the Bible. That's a beautiful imagery that one day, children won't go hungry. We will not thirst. Sickness will be gone. No more violence, no more wars. We look to the future for those things. So though we do pray for victory now, Let's also pray to suffer well. Father, teach us to suffer well for your glory. And that brings us to our devotional for today. Our devotional for today covers the other half of Ephesians chapter 1. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. That's what we're going to go over today, and I'm excited my goal with uh, these devotionals. Many people think reading the Bible is so daunting. They're like, I don't have a seminary degree. I don't know the history, the context, the languages, so I'm going to just give up. And through these devotionals, I hope to show you that all these observations that I'm making, you can make as well. And so uh, so let's make reading the Bible less daunting, shall we? Uh, and so I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and then we'll spend a few moments talking about it, and then we'll wrap up the episode. Starting in verse 15, the words of Paul, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers i keep asking that the god of our lord jesus christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. All right. So what are some, what are some quick observations we can make? I think one of the things that comes to mind is the emphasis on Jesus. I know I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I read the Bible and I want it to be all about me. All right, God, uh, give me some application. What can I do? Can I do this? Can I do that? Just give me, give me, give me. Give me something. We have to pause. Remember who the focus is on. What, what What is everything about? Well, everything is about our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship him. We obey him. He saved us. That's where we get the Savior from. But also we obey him. That's where we get the Lord from. He is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the emphasis is always on Jesus Christ, God the Son, what he's done with us, his great power. And so that's one thing that jumps out about this passage Another thing that jumps out about this passage is that uh, you and I, if we're Christians, we're part of the church. And the church, verse 23, is his body. Jesus Christ is the head. He's the leader. He's the savior. He's the suffering servant. We are his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every Way And so uh, the body obeys the head, right? Uh, You think uh, we don't have to get too scientific, but let's keep it basic. The brain sends signals. The body obeys. That's how we are to be. We obey the head. God has placed all things under the feet of Jesus. That includes you and me. So we must pray, uh, Lord Jesus, what would you have us to do? Jesus obeyed the will of the Father, and we have to obey the will of God. Also, so a final observation we'll make is that God is powerful. Verse 19, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you realize that we have that same power as well? Not because you and I, you know, we're anything special, But God loves us, and that same power to change the world, we have that same power. Now, it's his power, not ours, but God created the world. God raised, uh, God can raise us from the dead. Those are incredible things. And so the fact that we have that same power by the grace and mercy of God, that's really wonderful to think about. And so I know the lesson today through the podcast was about how we might not always win in this life. But one thing to remember is, you know, you go to the last couple chapters of Revelation at the end of the Bible, we will win. And that is some awesome encouragement, is it not? And so those are just a few things that came out to me about this passage. Uh, next time we'll go, uh, we'll begin Ephesians chapter 2. But I hope that's encouraging for you today as you go out and do whatever you got to do. That uh, it's all about Jesus. We're a part of his body. He takes care of us. Um, God is powerful. Jesus is the head. We are the body, and he nourishes us, he takes care of us, and he's going to take care of you today. Let's pray for victory. Let's pray to suffer well, and let's pray that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so let's pray. We'll wrap up and head out. Father, thank you for this encouraging letter from Paul to the Ephesians. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to save us. We are the body. He is the head. Help us to glorify you, to obey you, to run the race well. You are powerful. You are just. You are merciful. And we worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, may you go out. And uh, be encouraged. Uh, And now I'm going to finish with uh, our sign-off, though. I talked a little bit about yesterday in the first podcast episode. It comes from uh, The Truman Show, one of my favorite lines of all time. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.